Welcome everyone to another episode of my past pod, uh, podcast. Blimey, it's uh, the first one of 2024, so let's uh, let's make this a good one, uh, Alex. And as my regular listeners always know, I'm always like to have my guests, and no, today's no different. I am joined by Andrew Seal, who is the CEO of uh, Together, and you'll note today's uh, subject is advocates or spammers. The world of employee advocacy, where I know a lot of folk have a lot of view on this, but I thought uh, Andrew and I have been finessing around this subject on LinkedIn and uh, trying to get uh, this organised. It's mainly my my fault for the delays of this happening, but we are <laughs> here. So Andrew, um, welcome. It's great to uh, great to have you. Uh, thanks, Alex. It's great to be here. Thank thank you for having me. My pleasure. And as all my regular listeners know, Andrew, I always start off with a kind of a who, what, why, when. Uh, where uh, and then we'll dive into the uh, thorny maybe not thorny i don't know subject of employee advocacy <laughs> advocates or spammers but andrew over to you great great title great title alex um well my, my my story i mean i was i was lucky enough to to get involved in the internet pretty much when it started so i'm showing my my age a little bit there um one of, one of my first jobs was working in the the marketing department of a university and universities were some of the first kind of organizations to have access to the internet when it when it kicked off. So I was very lucky to kind of be there at the right time. And I, I was a graphic designer at the time. So I kind of went on to design their first website. But if you can remember what those early websites were like, it was uh, it was pretty bad. All bevel, bevel buttons and gray kind of boxes and things. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, uh, everyone thought it was great, great at the time. So later on, I went on to be a uh, producer at AOL. And this was back in the late 90s in the UK when it launched in the UK. So this, this was the kind of dot-com boom period. And that was, that was a great time to be, to be uh, involved in this, this, this kind of thing. It was, you know, crazy times. You know, it was, it was, they were kind of adding, you know, thousands and thousands of new members all the time. And every time we, you know, had another so many thousand members, we'd have a huge party. So it was a lot of fun doing that. And um, that's when I got introduced to the idea of kind of social media, I suppose. I mean, it wasn't really called that those days, but because AOL was big on the the forums and chat rooms, and I ran the travel channel, so we used to host a whole range of chats on on travel topics. Um, camping chat was but was always the most popular, bizarrely. But anyway, um, and we also had things like AOL instant messenger and stuff. So this is a whole you know eye opener for me coming from you know everyone's sending kind of memos internally and sort of paper things to suddenly everyone was kind of chatting between each other in the office, which was great. So after that, I went on to set up a web design agency, kind of inspired by this. I was inspired by the whole interactive, interactive side of things from the AOL experience. And then when Facebook and Twitter launched later, we kind of took the opportunity to evolve that into a social media agency. Mm -hmm. And the whole experience has been, you know, we've really learned huge amounts over the years, about you know, what builds trust with a brand, what, uh, influences people, you know, to what to buy and so on. And, you know, how everything changed from this kind of old style kind of broadcast media to, you know, we're all kind of just throwing messages at people to where everyone started to actually interact and engage. And this was a big step for companies, as as I'm sure you you know. So I, I, I guess I really began to see that people were buying from other people. They didn't really want to connect with other brands and stuff. So, and that's where it's kind of evolved into employee advocacy. I suddenly realized that, you know, there's actually on the internet, you can talk to the people in the company, not just the company. So employee advocacy kind of uh, seemed, you know, the right next step for us. So we evolved into that. So now we've evolved into Together, which is an employee advocacy company. 
So uh, I can tell you a bit about that. That's um, at together. So what we do together is we're an employee advocacy company. We we combine strategy, coaching, and a tech platform. We deliver employee advocacy programs for major brands globally. So we've launched brands in the UK, major brands such as John Lewis and Partners, a post office, and B2B organizations like the Institute of Chartered Accountants, Ordnance Survey. So a whole range of companies, really, um, and which are really employee focused on on what we do now. Awesome. And uh, an, an OG, one might, uh, one might say, AOL, I remember the CD-ROM that one used to get, and you have to put it into your computer to, to get everything fired up for the, uh, the instant messaging chat forums. So those of us that are old enough, <laughs> remember im uh chat forms i think msn chat was the other one that i was uh, yes yeah and, yeah and camping chat. great great <laughs> great game match camping chat i know it was uh it was uh it was very very popular <laughs> who knew for, for another conversation maybe <laughs> let's and to your point you know facebook kind of like not kind of you know facebook has changed the world or, or created social media i guess in some respects and it's 20 years old uh this uh this month and now a trillion dollar uh trillion dollar company but again for a, another conversation so Incredible. Incredible. what is in the world we are in today so what is this is the 5th of february 2024 what is employee advocacy in lay terms it's it's a difficult question it, it, because <laughs> <laughs> it really is because honestly I talk to people who just got literally you know who work in digital marketing have literally no idea what 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 I'm talking about sometimes so it's, it's got so many different names employee advocacy is obviously the one we here mentioned here some people say employee influence or employee ambassadors social selling sort of crosses into that and thought leadership personal branding all these kind of different names for it and. Uh, you know, and I have to be honest, I don't like any of them really. But we've gone with employee advocacy because it's the I think it's the term that most people in the industry use to kind of represent that. And essentially, what it is, in my view, is it's when a brand or a company empowers its employees to talk professionally on social media. So that's that's the kind of simple answer. I like that. Like, empowers its employees to talk professionally on social media. I think I'm going to steal that. I think that's a, a <laughs> nice way of. Um, uh, a nice way of, of of putting it so empowering employees to talk professionally on social media that sounds relatively straight forwards and you know for our listeners as always this is through the lens of b2b rather than b2c but i don't doubt there are b2c learning so business to consumer versus business to business that one can learn from so if we if we break that down a little further what what do we mean by empowering your employees to talk professionally on social media well i guess a good way a good way to to look at that is to actually what it what it isn't i suppose um is it's not it's not getting employees simply to repost brand content so it's not just saying to a brand or a company you know saying right here's all our our articles or our, our reports or our messages whatever it might be can you just repost these on your on your social channels? I don't think that's what what it is, and I think for some for some people that that that's what they think it is. So it's there's, a, there's I suppose a kind of there's a divergence here in some cases. For me, it's where it's when it's done well. It's when employees are able to talk about their expertise, you know, the brand and the company, and you know their interests as well where they work, uh, with a focus on helping the audience in some way. And I think that's not always not always the case. And there's a lot of 
if we go straight into technology here, actually, so you know, we run a te- an employee advocacy platform, but it's good to talk about the technology side of it because I think a lot of um, employee advocacy has evolved from around tech platforms. That's kind of driven the industry, I suppose, in a sense. And it's been it's most tech platforms. For anyone who doesn't know, employee advocacy is all about in the main is about helping a company distribute content to their employees so they can share that at scale and then have some form of measurement behind that. That's the kind of main main purpose of, of, of tech platforms at their core. But the, pro- the problem I think is that they they force a certain kind of behavior, if that, if that makes sense. They force yeah. to behave in a certain way. And I don't think that actually reflects what, what good employee advocacy is going back to what I was saying earlier. So it's, so good, you know, if you think about what, what does success look like, if you're going to be good on LinkedIn and build your, you know, if you're influential in any way on LinkedIn, as in somebody's connecting, you know, what, what, what does that look like? It looks, you're, you're on there, you're sharing some kind of content or value to your audience, whoever that is, and you're building some kind of network, you're building connections, you're, uh, you know, you're engaging with their content, they're engaging with your content, and you're sort of building this, 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 this influence. And I'm not talking about massive influence, I'm just like, you know, your own, you know, sort of personal kind of more business network. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of tech platforms actually help help that happen. If that makes sense. You end up going back to your title of the the podcast. You can end up with a kind of spam situation where everyone's so you know, everyone goes right. Can everyone share this 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 piece of new business news? You know, with with all your your followers. So everyone you know this all goes through the platform and everyone presses you know, share on LinkedIn and off that off that goes. And suddenly everyone's saying the same thing or roughly the same thing all at the same time. And that's what I would class as, as kind of corporate spam, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas if people are directed through the platform to, um, well, this is a kind of topic we want to talk about, yeah. but you need to give your take on it. You need to understand what your angle is on that. So you give, you know, your hot take, your your view on that. And, you know, then if they share that, then because they know their kind of audience, they're adding and they can add some value for their audience, then they can, get that brand message across but in a much more kind of authentic and personal way so if we there's lots of there's lots of paths i want to go down i'm trying to figure out <laughs> what's the what's the best order to, to do this so yes from my perspective if somebody mentions employee advocacy to me i kind of lean into the first thing you think of is a technology platform it's a technology yeah. platform which then aggregates everything together and then it's mar- marketing if those are listening doing but i'm doing a vertical commerce kind of telling in vertical commerce <laughs> Um, you to just put something out there, ideally with your um, uh, your own spin. However, we're all on LinkedIn. There's now a billion of us. And of course, there's going to be other social media platforms, but we'll stay with LinkedIn because it's a primary one from a B2B, uh, from a B2B platform. Going back to your earlier description of around empowering, from what I see and also what I've experienced firsthand myself when I've been in, you know, in-house, as it were, in the in the corporate kind of the corporate space, there is definitely a disconnect between, and this isn't beating up marketing, but I believe what marketing are trying to achieve in terms of their measurements and their goals, and then what an employee um a feels they can or can't do or will or won't do, there is definitely a disconnect between that that empowerment bit of the employee understanding kind of why they should be and does it just have to be what i'm served in terms of the content through the platform or can i go and do other things so in your experience of working with some pretty 
pretty major recognized brands um certainly in the in the uk market what why is this why is there this disconnect then on that empowerment bit of employees just ending up becoming in my view yeah creating corporate spam <laughs> that's a great great question no i think i think the the i think the the challenge for organizations is that the way the way people the people who are involved in doing this typically are you know the marketing team sometimes on the kind of talent acquisition side or it's you know a subset of the marketing team it'll be the social media team they're the people who are normally managing employee advocacy programs or you know looking to launch one so the way i the way i see it is that their job in the main has always been focused on the external external audience you know they're looking to um build relationships with customers you know to build you know build networks to connect with customers and to draw them through the pipeline that's their kind of job and they're developing marketing campaigns or whatever it might be um to to do that in the most effective way and you know and the, and you know they've let's say you know they've been really good at that as, as a job and now we're sort of adding employee advocacy to that and think okay that's another channel so we'll add that to the mix um you know we've got i don't know we've got email we've got whatever we've got and we've got employee advocacy so it's the same kind of thinking is that you know so how can we how can we reach our external audience via the employees so we'll give them content and they'll pass that on you know they'll become kind of advertising machines or whatever people want to call them and you know it's just how we can kind of get get that moving as quickly as possible whereas i think that is completely the wrong way to look at it and i think this is the, the challenging thing is that actually where they should be looking is rather than looking externally they need to be looking internally in the business and they need to change how they how they use their skills i suppose you know they've got you know your marketing people who've got communication skills storytelling skills community management skills but they need to use them internally i think and start building relationships internally so they need to connect they need to know that you know the the the, the um the employees need to get to know them need to know what their expertise they've got they need to know who they know, who's on social, they need to be able to explain the brand to the internal audience so they understand it. They need to, you know, overcome their objections and resistance because there's often lots of that, you know, people kind of put up, you know, resistance to, to being involved in this kind of thing. They're going to manage their doubts and so on. And, you know, really help build their confidence so they can tell the story of the brand or, you know, the products or services, or whatever it might be, their expertise in, a, in an appropriate way. And then to keep them inspired and for, for ongoing, really, and that's that's a that's a different job, really, or it's a different way of looking at the job to the the job they had previously. And people are kind of, you know, my experience working with teams is that they they found that quite a challenge to change that thinking, really. So in, so I'm not saying they don't have the the end goals, the end KPIs aren't the same in terms of you know, sort of marketing marketing goals, but the way they do that is 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 quite different, I think. And I'm just I'm going to come back to that, but you mentioned. Uh, the internal barriers in terms of you know resistance in terms of employees kind of resisting to wanting to do this so again in your in your experience what sort of things do you see or hear from organizations that are trying to do this and you're advising them when they're doing that reframing the internal cell if you will what what are the kind of barriers to actually getting um, employees to to engage with this I think the first, the first one is always time. Everyone immediately, you know, uh, people, um, you know, it's suggested to to internal te teams that they should 
start doing this, but you know, tell, when I've already got another job, you know, <laughs> I've already got a full-time job doing this. So I don't, I don't, I don't have the time to that to, to, to be doing this. And that doesn't mean that people aren't interested in the idea of it or aren't, you know, attracted to, to doing it some way, but, and sometimes they start doing it and then they go, actually, it's a bit more work than I thought. Now I haven't got the time. So that, that is a big, a big challenge, but you know, in my view, time, you know, is, is what, you prioritize time as a matter of priorities really so it's whether so it really comes back to it's not the time in my view it's more about the why what's in it for them and do they understand and value it for them as well really i think that's the the core issue there which in of itself can present i guess broader challenges that aren't necessarily marketing's uh role to to solve because i'm just you know putting my i'm a finance person i'm an it person i'm a salesperson. um i'm a senior a, a senior leader when they <clears throat> the why um and from my perspective was like yeah I, I get the why it's for the greatest good of the business and this is good for the business and good things out of the business <clears throat> overall more revenue opportunity we all keep our jobs and 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 in terms of the holistic the holistic kind of um the, the holistic view of it all but i i guess <laughs> if someone isn't necessarily bought into the overall corporate vision of, a, of around the organization that they're they're uh they're, they're working for that in itself is is a much harder conversation to have than necessarily marketing coming in not only you got to do that you then got to try and help people understand how to tell stories and how to you know to your point empower them on um uh on on social but again i don't want to get kind of pulled pulled into a conversation around corporate culture and uh, <laughs> and buy into the uh, into the vision time for me is the one thing in terms of the work that that we do around more, you know, more around the social selling, not even like that term anymore, but how to salespeople, how to client facing feeling people use social to create uh, opportunity, which I mean is a subset of kind of the employee advocacy yeah. Uh, yeah, approach. Exactly. Time again is always the one that's, um, uh, that we get around. I haven't got time to do this because I've got a busy, uh, busy day job. The, the flip side with what's in it for them is you could tie it to, well, if you, if you start to do this, this can generate you more, leads which then you convert into more revenue for for you and then actually the byproduct is it's just a good thing for the organization because the brand is out there in terms of how you are um uh, how you are communicating that so the time bit then always then gets solved by we have this <laughs> piece of technology which can then help you solve um solve the time issue but again having been on the the receiving end of this and also working with organizations where um, they have a piece of technology and they they want us to kind of bring that narrative into the conversation when we're talking to lawyers, accountants, you know, consultants or, or salespeople. I think you touched on it earlier in terms of the technology can start to force people into kind of behaviours which may not necessarily drive the desired outcome. So what is the balance? And I appreciate this is a really hard question. What is the balance between the technology play being the enabler and the time saver but also actually becoming um what's on what's the word i'm looking at a victim of a victim of its own kind of outcomes that it's trying to achieve yeah well i i think you're right that's exactly what it what it, what it can help with it can help make it easier to share so it can you know it can give you content ideas and um, and things to to share, so it make that much simpler for people. And if it's a good good piece of technology, yeah. So the other the other area I think is is a big barrier is imposter syndrome. 
because I think you know you go on to social media and suddenly you're on there and there's all these people who seem to suddenly have much more expertise and know everything much more than you do and they seem to know each other and they're chatting to each other and it, it can be really off-putting I think and when people haven't got the experience necessarily in writing posts or storytelling in the way you know that we're talking about it can be really really hard to do so I don't, I don't think that the tech alone is 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 the solution. It's, it's, it can't solve that problem for you. you need, there's another side to growing your skills on on LinkedIn, really, and I think that's the bit that that's missing, really. And it's it's an interesting it's an interesting conundrum because you've got the tension, dare I say, it, that marketing are being driven to achieve something. It's clicks, it's views, it's impressions, it's kind of volume. And yet you've got an employee who not only has a busy day job in whatever role that they are um, in, because let's be clear, the whole point of employee advocacy is that in theory, every single employee can engage, engage with this because every employee has got a, um, uh, a network. And you'd be surprised um, when I'm looking at it through a social selling lens, I'm talking to an organization that sells into the finance department. I kind of say to them, are you working with your finance team, for example, and connecting with your finance team and maybe working with them to put a bit of your content into their networks? Because, hey, presto, they're probably connected to other, other finance folk and this might be a um, uh, might be a good thing. It's like, oh, I never thought of that, um, uh, that approach because, again, we kind of feel <laughs> we have to stay in, um, in our lanes. But with regards to the, the fear factor, the imposter syndrome piece, in marketing, they themselves haven't necessarily got the time to help individuals kind of work with storytelling and work with. And I've been, you know, on social media, well, I've been on LinkedIn since pretty much has been around almost 20 years now. Um, and I've learned over over time on Touchwood yet to make any um, uh, any mistakes, but one sees mistakes happen. So what, again, in your experience from the kind of the strategy and the advice that you, you, you provide, what... what there's got to be a balance between the program being the program, but also some internal recognition from leadership that not everybody's going to engage and maybe dare I say, not everybody should engage internally. In terms of joining the program, do you mean? Yeah, joining the program or just being out there and sharing content. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't, I don't think on any level, everyone should, um, should necessarily be in the program. I think, I think, you know, when people say, Oh, you know, I think I think that's the danger. Sometimes you see that is when people use these kind of um, calculators to work out kind of level of reach you could you could get. You know, if you put all your employees on there and it's a huge number, but I just don't think that's the right thing. One is that it, it should be voluntary and it should be something that people feel comfortable and are motivated to want to do in some way because it's you know to, to be successful in, in on, on LinkedIn you have to do it consistently. And I don't mean like every day, but you need to be doing it on a regular basis for the long term it's not something that's going to solve you know an issue overnight so you have to have some level of motivation but but also i think that different I'm, I'm a big advocate of, of breaking people into different different groups i suppose so you mentioned obviously you know the sale sales team you know they're, they're a particular group who have a particular motivation and a particular audience and particular things to do if you sort of mean so that's that's a kind of clear group in my head and a, certainly a b2b uh, organization then perhaps you've got leadership you've got a slightly different audience you know depending on you know perhaps they're talking to you know investors or you know other stakeholders so they've got a slightly different motivation or they're kind of all they're talking internally as well 
And then you've got perhaps subject matter experts in particularly different areas, depending on what the business does. And then you've got wider employees and they can all do different levels of activity. I'd say the sales sales you know team are going to be probably more active, or they should be, um, whereas the kind of wider employees might just share a big product announcement or a big, you know, some some particularly big news once in a while, but that's just more about them being involved rather than actually them really moving the dial particularly, I think. So Okay. And yeah, I mean I'm in the again the same the same kind of boat as um as you on that. It's around where does it make sense for who to share what that is relevant to uh to their to their audience. Um metrics, you've touched on metrics uh, a few times. We've touched on you know what I guess success, what does success look like? <laughs> and those calculators in terms of you could totally reach all these people, which you know based on how algorithms work, you know, is not necessarily true, especially on um, especially on LinkedIn as a as a platform. But I I'm gonna let you go before I go in terms of experiences I've had. But and again, I appreciate this is a non impossible question to answer because it'll be different for different organizations, but in the round. What should anybody who's leading an employee advocacy program, large, small, whatever, what should be kind of the metrics of success they should they can consider, let's say over a twelve month period? Um, well, I mean, it's it's, it's you, in my view, you've got to break you've got to break it down into different mm -hmm. types of things, really. So if you're say you're launching this from scratch, this is your pilot sort of approach. So in the first first period, I would say you need to focus almost entirely on activity is and is that anyone actually doing it that mm -hmm. that's a measure of success in the first the first phase that might be the first you know three months doesn't yeah. mean you're not capturing other data but i think if you focus on you know i don't know say reach or some other kind of social metrics or even website visits in the first few months the chances are you're going to it's going to die a death because that's going to smother it really i think you just need you just need to get it moving and get everyone sharing regularly and buying into it and that's that's stage one of 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 the pilot and then you move into looking at the i would say the kind of marketing you know metrics you know so what 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 the um the platforms are giving back to you so this would kind of compare with say brand social activity so you know you've got the ones that you know linkedin obviously you've got impressions and um you know, engagement and so on and you're, you can you know you measure clicks and things like that so you can start seeing are you getting a is, is there an outcome coming out of, of this activity is it generating the kind of activity you want but also looking at it qualitatively as well looking at the posts that people are sharing are they on brand are they kind of are they meeting the kind of messaging that you're looking to achieve as well you need to kind of look at it on a regular basis to make sure it's actually because obviously they could share some I don't know, some amazing kind of human story, which, you know, everyone loves and everyone kind of likes and everything like that, but it's got nothing to do with the brand and it's got nothing to do with creating anything. So you, you've, got to, you've got to look at what, what's going on as well. Um, so that's that part. And they're the ones you can kind of track, track, you know, as it's happening. And then obviously the, the, the third phase is really looking at the kind of business outcomes. So are you getting, so what that might be web, web visits or um, conversations or ultimately, I mean, the, the, and, and you know, I've heard you talk about this many times on your kind of things, but you know, conversations are the things you're ultimately looking for. Um, and so, how you know, obviously, are you getting you know, they having conversations in terms of DMs, or is it generating you know engagement around comments? People starting conversations there. How are you getting to talk to kind of people 
in, in a real sense that is helping the business in some way. So that's the the kind of third third area, I suppose. Which can all be a bit woolly as well in terms of uh, in terms of those numbers and the reason I say that. And also, I'm going to come back to you on the human story piece because I think I'm seeing an interesting transition in the type of content that we are now seeing. And I believe that's a generational piece. But on the the metrics piece, and I'm I'm looking at this purely through the lens of um, revenue generation or co- you know conversations that are being created. I appreciate the broader piece in terms of um, you know brand awareness and com- broader DMs and that kind of stuff is is critical and is important for success. But it was a um, a partner uh, at one of the big four consulting firms, and they were kind of com- not complaining but kind of frustrated that. They were, I think, number 10 on the internal leaderboard or whatever it was, piece of technology that they had. And somebody else was always at the top and was getting loads of clicks or impressions or whatever whatever it was. So I said, okay, well, let's just take a step back. And this is the beauty of social. It's out in the public domain. You can see it. I said, let's look at their profile. And it was just a smorgasbord of corporate stuff, some of which was relevant to what they did. And some of it had absolutely no relevance to their area of expertise whatsoever. And these weren't even like broad company updates or you know maybe jobs that are being hired some of it was quite technical niche content which is just nowhere near what they um uh, advise on it may be helpful for their uh, their colleagues and of course there may be someone in the network who may uh, may need that but that was the uh, the round and then i looked at um the engagement that the individual was getting and it was basically all their colleagues as well were just liking and commenting on the um uh, on the post then went to this partner who was kind of feeling a bit down that they weren't getting kind of up the leaderboard. And I said, well, let's look at what you're putting out. There's less of it, but it's more relevant to your audience. But let's actually look at on LinkedIn, who is liking and commenting on your post. So ignore the the stats that you're getting internally. Look at the actual engagement that you are getting. And it was a blend of colleagues, clients, and, you know, experts within the field of their of their industry. I said, I would take that every single day of the week than what your colleague is doing, who's kind of almost your earlier point around the behaviors it creates, is at the top of the leaderboard, which is keeping somebody happy from a clicks perspective, but it's not actually driving the outcomes that we're all trying to achieve from your perspective, which is the conversations and the visibility with the with the right piece. And you and I kind of touched on this when we were having our pre-call um, last week, that it's not necessarily the volume play that we're looking for it is as much as the uh the quality play so again how how do you create that that kind of i guess the tension this is i guess the tension between sales and marketing more so than anything it means marketing through no fault of their own need the numbers whereas sales don't necessarily need the numbers of clicks it's the quality of clicks yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's absolutely. You you know you know it from your own experience. If you're on LinkedIn, if you're trying to do something, um, that it's 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 so important to to know kind of who you're talking to. I suppose I think that's that's again that that's a bit where the technology often doesn't kind of if if your solution to employee advocacy is a tech platform purely, you haven't necessarily covered off with the different different participants. Do they know who they're talking to? And and kind of why really, and I think that's that's absolutely key in terms of you know you're talking about the numbers that you, you can if you're into you're only, your audience may only be you know a very small group of people two or three people but if or ten twenty people whatever but if they're if they're engaging with it that is so much more valuable to you as you say than if you know 
you do a mainstream wide post where everyone's kind of engaging, or all your colleagues are engaging with it, but they're not going to be buying anything like that. So that doesn't make doesn't move the dial in any way whatsoever, does it? So I, I completely agree with you. It's it's about it's about knowing who your audience is and getting those people to engage. That's much more important than just big big numbers, really. And I think yeah, people can get swayed by the kind of vanity metrics, as people say. You know, oh, I've got loads of you know likes or loads of impressions. Where it actually is, it's it's pretty pretty relevant, really. I, I guess that comes back to your earlier comments around marketing needs to kind of maybe take a bit of a step back and get to know their audience internally and what that person's trying to achieve versus the catch-all, right, we've got a platform, just do it and off to the um uh off to the race. But that's exact that's exactly it though. I think that's that's it's better to have small numbers, I think, on your program. Okay. It's better to have, you know, I don't know how to depend on a big company is, but you know people in this sort of maybe a hundred or so 200 people you know doing it and doing it well you're very clear who they're talking to and they've got a clear role it's probably going to be obviously the sales team mm -hmm. and our experts in the main we're very focused on 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 doing this consistently and reaching that audience and that's the thing that's going to make the difference thing rather than thinking well i've got a platform i can invite i don't know a thousand people to this yeah. platform <laughs> it's 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 kind of pointless i think and it's never going. It's never, and to your point, it's never going to work, and it just amplifies the the. It just amplifies everything in, in the wrong direction. However, yeah, get your and you've been on this journey since day day dot. So who better to ask? We're starting to see. I'm certainly starting to see a real shift in. Um, obviously, generate generations on um LinkedIn and other platforms. We have the TikTok generation. You got Reels. You got Shorts. You got different types of of content. But you mentioned kind of the human story piece driving uh you know spike in engagement but it's not necessarily on message or on brand but i think let's talk let's human story that i tr real human stories rather than human stories that are human stories to, to drive engagement right um yeah, yeah. It, it, is there an argument that that still is a positive outcome subject to what the human story is that that is moving the brand maybe into um newer areas that weren't seen before so that's part one to the the question and then i'm also starting to see the rise of kind of these community offices if you will if that's the right word or community engagement and typically these are people who are bloody good at what they do they just have a knack for creating funny clever content um, that either is like, you know, it takes a bit of a poke at an industry that they are in, or they're just very good at what they do. And I've even seen some folk actually leave sales roles and move into kind of marketing roles and content marketing roles, but they are almost a single employee advocacy program in their own right, because what they create is just a magnet towards the, um, the, the, the brand. So question two, could that could this be an iteration or even the future of employee advocacy within within B2B? You kind of have this, this beacon of amazing kind of content creation which everyone gravitates um, uh, towards. So one, the human story actually being positive for the brand, and then two, the future in terms of these kind of anchor points of content creators. Hmm. No, it's a really interesting subject, isn't it? I think on, on the, human, the human story, I think it's important to have some human element. I think, again, going back to that point, if you are simply this almost kind of, you know, professional robot sharing, you know, expertise, well, that's obviously valuable. Um, 
people, you know, the old people often say, you know, people buy from people and the rest of it. And I think particularly in B2B, you are, you're building relationships with people. And that's what's so great about LinkedIn. In that sense, you can actually connect with with people more personally like that. But if they don't capture anything of who you are, I mean, it's not, you can't really build a relationship really with a, with, without anything, you don't know anything about them. So I think, I, I think you should be sharing your expertise because that's the value you're offering professionally, but you need to add into that something of yourself some kind of stories and that, you know, and people often you know start saying oh you know linkedin's not facebook on this kind of thing but i think that you know you build relationships yep. you know business relationships in real life and you go to a meeting or you go to an event you talk about a bit about yourself you connect in some way and that's what starts the relationship and that's you know, that's why people have been going playing golf for years something like that so they can talk to each other you know yeah. um so I think it's absolutely impressive that you add something, add some kind of human thing. Obviously, there's the right balance. You know, if it becomes a kind of oversharing situation, then obviously that's a whole different ball game. So, you know, it's it's what you'd say if you were chatting in in real life and perhaps you know, in a networking event or something like that. It's probably a good gauge for that. Um, okay. But the human stories can then add. They tend to be a little bit more um, accessible, so they tend to get a bit more reach, in my experience. Okay, and then on the rise certainly in my the networks i i'm in this kind of this 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 anchor point of this these people who oh, they are just bloody talented and they're very good at what they do kind of becoming this this kind of focal point for brands to to piggyback off in um in the b2b in the b2b space are you are you seeing that in in kind of the broader industries that you, you operate in or do you think these individuals are outliers I would say they're probably outliers at the moment, but it doesn't mean they will stay that way. And I'm certainly seeing it more and more. And obviously, you're seeing more kind of business content on TikTok and things like that. I don't know if you're seeing that. It's it's certainly. I mean, there's some really, you know, there's some really funny, really good, really good people out there. Are you talking about people who work for a brand, or are you talking no, about influencers? No, this isn't this, but I don't think the world of B two B influencer will ever become a thing in my world. I in our world, I. A Kim Kardashian, for example, being paid to yeah. do something because of the audits that they that they have, it is it's but it's that kind of model, if you will. But they are an employee of the organisation. They just happen to be brilliant content creators or brilliant video editors. You know, can make really good, <laughs> good content because you see people trying to do this, and it's really really bad because they're trying to be trying to be uh clever it's like, you know, I, I know what i'm capable at from a content creation perspective my friday videos and my youtube videos i'm sticking to my lane within my technical capabilities i can't i want to be that clever but it's just not i'm just not not i don't have the ability to, to do all Same the intellectual thing. capacity all the intellectual kind of capacity to be able to to do it so it's more of this dare i say into i hate the word influencer but it's the simplest way to describe it because they do create massive followings and they do create influence and they do create opportunity yeah, I mean, you can see you can see the benefits of it. It's one of those situations. I think you can see the benefits of it when it's going well. But I can I, I imagine it drawing up all sorts of fears uh, in leadership in organisations in terms of, I suppose you know, controlling your talent almost in that sense, mm -hmm. isn't it? So it's it's it comes back to you know, one they have to be fully aligned with the values of the brand. So it's all it's all it's all working together, and they're not becoming the brand, yeah. um, which is one of the kind of common fears of employee advocacy is that mm -hmm. you know. Whereas actually in reality that isn't the case, but in, in this situation you could see where that might be justified yeah. if, it, if they became almost bigger than the brand. So you need to be able to kind of manage that relationship. And I think you know when you get to that the the kind of power use, the top talent within your within your company, you need to have a 
kind of closer relationship. One of the clients we we worked with um, in the past, you had they not not to the extent quite you're talking there, but they had a they had a series of probably about sort of ten or fifteen people in their program who were pretty influential. You know, I mean, you know, they 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 had really good connections and they were they were creators they were creating content. Yeah, and out there, but they they created their own separate mini kind of spun off a little program for kind of power users uh, yeah. and, and they had a essentially I think they called it a talent manager and they had somebody who kind of supported and managed them personally and coached and you know did, what, did whatever they needed for that group um so they got that kind of and they also got special time to actually do that within their working kind of month and they got a day a day a month to to work on to work on creating content so they was they saw the value because you know they were creating huge value in terms of you yeah. know marketing terms, um, but it was managed quite tightly. And I think they also had, if I remember rightly, their their handles, you know, their kind of usernames yeah. were had the brand incorporated into them. Um, so they... that's, that's an interesting because I know there are not necessarily you know power users, but I think that's a really interesting call, especially for the larger organizations who have you have the budget and probably have social media studios and have, you know, I know some of the massive organizations, even though flipping on full on green, green, you know, green screen rooms and their own video production, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a really interesting concept to kind of have this kind of power employee advocacy program where the, the organization recognizes the networks and the influence these people have. So actually in a controlled, but empower them even further by giving them resource and giving them time to create even better content like a day a week or a day a month i think is a really interesting concept and also to create better employee engagement right because then they feel happy that an organization is investing in them to yeah. then go and do something they're probably passionate about was that a b2c organization was that a b2b organization that was doing that that, that was a b2c one that one yeah that's a really fascinating construct though i'd be interested anybody listening in the uh, in the comments, either on the uh, on the pod or on LinkedIn or wherever you're hearing this, to let, let us know our um, uh, our our thoughts. Can't let us know our thoughts. Let us know your thoughts on that construct of having a power, you know, kind of power program within uh, within your uh, within your organisation. So, um, and on the human aspects in terms of conversations, you know, I now know you've got a dog. I've got a dog. So now there's another there's another link between uh, between you and I in terms of that. And of course, this all started from conversations on. Um, uh on the social one final um kind of one final question before we then uh wrap up with your kind of top tips if somebody's going to um think about uh starting or wants to re re-engage but from an employee advocacy perspective uh you don't necessarily need to have a technology platform to do this do you this is just about your at the start of the hour empowering people to be on social and if they want to do it and drive it organically that in itself is the same principles right it's not reliance on a piece technology no not at all no i think it's 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 starting from what you want to achieve which is to as you said as i said you know you said empower employees to get out there to help build you know what you know what are you trying to achieve build brand awareness or get employee voices out there or to connect with customers on a more person to person level all those different things you might be trying to achieve so you can do that on a simple level with without technology technology just helps in terms of you know capturing data and just kind of reaching more people on scale but you know i think you can certainly and i would probably recommend starting without that um and then coming on to that if if that um if you need to 
if you need to. And of course, for those of you that aren't aware, you can now schedule posts natively on LinkedIn. You just, when you go to start post, you hit the little um, clock in the bottom right, and then you can schedule up to two posts, up to 48 hours. I think technically like five posts up to 48 hours in um, uh, in uh, advance. So, um, Andrew, thank you. Really appreciate your thoughts and your insight. I think you and I could go on, we could have gone in multiple directions on, um, <laughs> on this. But again, I always try to leave... You know, tangible things for our listeners to start doing to today so if either a you know social media team or marketing team is thinking about launching a um a, a program or maybe you're you're in a program and you want to take some ideas uh internally what what would be kind of the your top i don't know three five whatever kind of pointers for anybody to try and get a program successfully going well the first thing i do is if you haven't got a program i would i would run a pilot and i know okay. it seems kind of obvious thing to do but I think it's better to start to start small, test the water, not not just for the business, but I think if the people running it. My experience is, you know, going back to the people who are in marketing jobs, whatever it is, the you know, social media jobs, they're not necessarily that experienced in running employee advocacy programs. So if you start small and run a pilot, it gives you as a person or you as a team mm-hmm. the opportunity to learn how to do it for your business, and I think that's that's an important part of it, really. Um, and secondly. Obviously, if you've got small, if you've got small groups of people involved and things don't work out quite right, you need to change the situation. You can move quite quickly, you know. Whereas if you've hired, you know, I don't know, you've got a hundred plus people involved, it's a, it's a bit more like difficult to move everything, yeah. everything about, isn't it? Really? So definitely start with a pilot, and you've got to bring. And the other part of the reason for that is you've got to bring the business with you. I think it's important to recognise also this is a it is a change management action you're doing here. You know, you are changing the business in some way because you're changing how businesses communicate with customers in a way that perhaps they're not used to. And you're kind of changing the a little bit of the balance of control within the business, I think. You know, it's, it's that you're, you know, the leadership and the marketing teams are giving up some of their 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 space, I suppose, to to the wider teams to actually connect and talk to customers. And that isn't historically how it's been done. So that is a change for some businesses and it brings up all sorts of fear and you know concerns and in, in, in sometimes that have to be managed. So go for a pilot. That's the first thing I would say. Um, and then as part of that, uh, it's it's about why are you doing it really? Um, yeah. It's it's and I think the focus, you obviously need to think about why the business is doing it, but why the employees are doing it. Because, it, again, unlike other forms of um, activity, I suppose, or training you might be doing, it is, it is something that requires ongoing motivation. So you need to be absolutely solid as much as you can be. Why, why the employees are going to do this? Because they're going to be trying to do this, you know, perhaps once a week, every week for the next year. And... And the thing about you know, you know, when you start on LinkedIn, if you if you're not particularly active on LinkedIn already, and you start, it feels like you're going nowhere. It feels like you're posting all these things and nothing's really happening, and it's very hard to keep motivated. So, you really need to focus on that that why side. And the third thing, which leads neatly in from there, is you need to have some kind of process and program in place to support everyone involved, whether it's technology or it's just you know. A, a you know a, a community space on and, you know in, you know internally, you need to be connecting in with people, supporting them, and acknowledging what they're doing. Ongoing, it's not like a one-off training course and off you go. It's yeah. you need to be there, holding their hand really for the, for the whole time as much as it's possible. Perfect. So <clears throat> start small, pilots the why, and then the ongoing support and acknowledgement and uh, okay. pivot if you need to 
in terms of things um, uh, changing, you can pivot quickly on a smaller scale than if you're trying to move a tanker. Andrew, thank you. People want to learn more about what you and Together can do for them. Where's the best place for them? I don't even know why I'm asking this question, but what's the best place for them to, <laughs> to come and find you if they want to learn more about how Together can support them on their employee advocacy journeys? <laughs> LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very active on LinkedIn. So it's uh, Andrew Seals, my uh, username, S-W-E-L, if you spell it right. Um, or you can come visit our website, wearetogether.io without the final E in together, so it's together. <laughs> uh, so I'd love to connect to you. Come and, come and chat to me on LinkedIn. I'd love to chat employee advocacy or anything else like related. That'd be great. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, for those watching, links down here in the in the comments. For those listening, the links will be in the uh, in the body comment. For those watching, the links will be down below this video. For those listening, uh, the links will be in the body copy of the uh, of the podcast. If you do contact Andrew because of the podcast, um, just let him know and let me know. There's no commercial relationship between us on this. It's just nice to know this kind of stuff works from, from time to time and helps me create some uh, create new uh, connections. And of course, in the comments, let us know um, any other hints and tips that maybe we haven't discussed uh, on running employee programs and what's been successful for um, uh, for you. And if you want to be on the podcast, you know what to do. If you want to recommend people to be on the podcast, you also know what to do. Drop me a DM on LinkedIn or anywhere else that I'm on the social channels and we can make that happen. But wherever you are in the world, today is the 5th of February, 2024. Um, good luck in your endeavors on uh, social. And Andrew, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Alex. It's likewise, really enjoyed it.